Welcome back to Couch Theater, the only podcast that hasn't moved in six months. Yes, sir. We're back at it again with our favorite movie of the year. We'll find out if it is. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has been known to teach us things about the movie that we didn't know we thought yes. until we're done with it. I am Rafael, and joining me is my co-host as always, my comrade in arms, Patrick. I mean, Sam. Sam, Hello. how are you? <clears throat> Hello there. My name is Samuel Chan. Nice to meet you. Okay. With pleasantries out of the way, we got to go straight into business, folks. Yes, and the business is, we're available on social media and on other things oh, right. as Couch Theater or Couch Theater Podcast. We're not the most active people on there, but feel free to give us a follow. But more importantly, if you want to like, send us an email or send us a DM or something to like argue with us or you know make a comment or ask a question, because there's nothing I love more than arguing with strangers on the internet about movies. I know I said that very sarcastically, but it would be fun. Yes, it would be. So long as you're not the type of person who's DMing us just to give us an advertisement about posting our stuff on your platform for 50 bucks a post. Those are only my second favorite forms of interacting with people. So uh, links to all that stuff and whatever is in the description. On with the show. Sam, we watched a movie a couple days ago. Nope. We didn't? Damn. I guess this has been your latest episode of Couch Theater. Signing out. Our movie that we uh, chose to watch again, uh, to spin up our podcast again, was the movie, indeed, Nope. Yeah. By Jordan Peele, is it? That is correct. I believe that is his name. I like the clapping thing. So what's the first thing we're going to do for the review this time? Well, just general non-spoiler thoughts. No. What did you think about the movie? Did you like it? You know, what was like your overall feeling, the vibe? Mm-hmm. Did it pass the vibe check? Right. I feel like the primary indicator for me in terms of non-spoiler talk is always originality. Uh-huh. And yes, this movie passes the originality test. I think it is a new movie. It does it does borrow themes and stuff from other movies, which I'll probably talk a little bit more later, but overall it's a fun, like, movie in of itself, wrapped within itself. It tells a good story. Nope. It's going to be a lot of those jokes. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> what are your feelings, Ralph? Uh, yeah, I felt similar. I, like, I, I think we both discussed that we, we do enjoy things that are original. Just coming up with your own thing is just moves you up, like, so many points in, in the rating scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, no art exists in a vacuum, right? So it's obviously going to be derivative and or referential to other things but i liked it it was cool the uh yeah i don't even know i see i don't remember what's in the trailer so i can't even talk about what's in the trailer so it was cool uh it wasn't necessarily like 10 out of 10 perfect but i enjoyed it it get it gave me the so it wasn't as horror inspiring or whatever as get out for me but um yeah i appreciate that because I don't know the last time I went to a horror movie in theaters, so I was a, I was a bit afraid because you know big screen stuff, jump scares, those things. Well, that that's the great thing about like Jordan Peele's Jordan Peele style is it's not like the classic horror. It's not like jump scares right. and stuff. And I'm saying classic horror. I'm not a big horror watcher, so maybe I just said something really reductive and like really the jump scares is not classic horror. Whatever, I don't care. Or maybe I do care. Get in the comments. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's not what you would typically expect from horror from it's very like get out is very like it's, it's like psychological horror it's like you this idea is horrific and maybe some of the things that mm-hmm. are happening are like maybe think about it more it's like oh, this is very discomforting uh and it's kind of the same thing with nope it's like something is going on here it's not necessarily that like a big monster is chasing you but <laughs> you know um it, it is it's, it's very unsettling yes. yes it yes i would say that i think the acting was good uh, I didn't make a special note of it. Um, I actually couldn't tell you the names of any of the characters in this movie. Probably something we could have uh, looked up. And through the magic of editing, this will happen seamlessly, maybe. Or maybe I'll just leave an extended gap in here. Uh, so the main guy is OJ. His sister is Emerald. And then there's Angel. And those are really the big people. Oh, there's also Ricky. The park. Who's Angel? 
Angel's the IT guy. Ah. Yeah. And there's the um, the director guy who's Antlers. Okay. And there's other people, but literally none of them matter. So we can move on. Um, caring about the news? Oh, the actors. Uh, I think the... I forget the actor's name. I can put it up. Uh, oh, Daniel Kaluuya. He might be getting typecast. I mean, I enjoy him, but I think he's he might be getting typecast as like the strong silent type. Because <laughs> he tends to do that. <laughs> I think that's what he's good at. <laughs> I the first time we saw him was in what? Uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror, million dollar points or something. Yeah, five. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, and you know he was basically the, the silent type, not not like a gritty person, just a silent type person. Yeah. And then at the end, he kind of explodes and says a lot of things. And he, he did that really well, that kind of yeah. isolated character. That That's what makes me think he's like, he has good range. That does like little blips, but it might be something that like maybe, maybe he's gonna like, he's not a good reactionary actor. Maybe he's like, if you put him in a scene with someone bouncing back and forth, he doesn't have as much emotion. Cause like the scenes with the sister is like, they're fine, but like, I'm not getting, like the sister was the one carrying those scenes when they're interacting. Whereas he tends to, do well when he's isolated. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about this, but uh, the acting was fine. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I'd say we to without spoiling. If you're looking for a new take on the idea of, I guess, aliens. I that much is covered in the trailer. If you're okay. given like if you're looking for some new take on aliens, you're looking for something that's fun and original. Uh, I would recommend it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, don't go to, into it if you're expecting, like, Independence Day or something like that. Or, because yeah, the alien is not necessarily, it's there, but it's not the important part of the movie, I think. Right, yeah. Anyway, how would you rate this movie? How would I rate this movie? Yeah. Extraterrestrial. Alright. I would give it... It is unearthly. That's enough of this episode. <laughs> I would give this one... Hmm, seven horses out of a monkey. That makes less sense. <laughs> mm. Actually, that kind of does make sense. <laughs> oh, my. Alright, we're in spoiler territory. This is where we have our little special clip that plays. We don't have a clip. But now we're in spoiler land. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Welcome back, everyone, to the spoiler land. <laughs> Alright. Um, yeah, original. What, what did you really think about this movie? Now that we're in spoiler time. Um... See, I want to talk about an idea of what I think this movie is about. Okay. That is totally not what this movie is about. Well, that, what are we here for if not for that? So, <laughs> take it away. I think this whole entire movie, we were entering sarcastic mode, by the way. This entire movie is about illegal immigrants. Go on. See, <clears throat> that, that alien that comes in, right? It doesn't have this idea of taking over the, the the world. It doesn't have an idea of really doing much. It is just looking for a territory to call its home, right? Which is what we know illegal immigrants love to do. Uh, you know what? Yes. I, I've known many illegal immigrants in my time, and they just love finding home. So, you know, but the problem is... It doesn't have a home because it's illegal. So home is where the heart is, and I don't think it has a heart. So it starts taking over the homes of, you know, us, the people who have bought the land, the property, the, the, the citizens, right? It takes stuff from us and bleeds us dry. I think that is what Jordan Peele was trying to say about this entire movie. He's talking about this kind of stuff, and we can apply it to America, sure, but we can also apply to any other country yeah. where there's illegal immigrants coming in. So did you say that the solution to illegal immigrants would be to fill them with hot air? Uh, I would say the, the solution would be to act like the main character, which is to stand your ground and say, this is my home. Not look them in the eye. Well, preferably not looking in them in the eye and riding a horse. Yes, because if you look them in the eye, they will come and screw you over. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> 
No, I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say I, I liked it. I would. And, you know, the more and more, maybe I'm just not the biggest fan of action set pieces anymore. <laughs> that can't be true because just of the things I watch and read. But I would say I was not a big, as big a fan of the end of the movie because it became this very long sequence uh, of them getting the thing to come around so they could chase it to go there and then it was sucking up people but then it stopped sucking up people more frequently and then they took a picture and just uh, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I expected the movie to do, but this was slightly disappointing as an ending for me. I don't know. What did you think about it? Um, I think through all the interweaving and stuff, I did not mind it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So you're talking about the, the ending being a little like disastrous or not disastrous. So if I try and isolate some of my thoughts about it, it's a, I don't know what the rules of this alien. Are. So in a sense, it's like, it's not defined. Like, what does the alien do? What does it want? I mean, some of that is defined, but I don't have a good idea. What does it do? What does it want? How does it operate? And that can be fine, except that the characters also don't know this, but they're making assumptions and then running headlong with their assumptions and also making weird choices based on, off of those assumptions. And overall, I'm just sitting there thinking, none of this is striking me as the most consistent thing in the world. Kind of thing. And like, that end set, kind of sort of relies on that. They're trying to like manipulate it based on this pattern of behavior. So it's not like, you know, it's just, oh, the alien works in mysterious ways and like, who cares? It's like, no, it's how it behaves is actually integral to what's going on right now. And how it behaves is kind of weird and random. It doesn't make any sense. But everyone's pretending like Mm -hmm. they get it. They understand what the alien is going to do. And I'm like, do we though? I I remember you saying this during the credits and, uh, I remember responding, responding clearly, you've never had a pet before. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a rabbit, um, and I think partially so. Um, what's interesting, right, the whole concept of this movie is that generally it, it, it gives you this fallacy in the beginning of the movie that if, if there's an alien, right, it's either trying to make peace with us and get to know us, or it's trying to screw us over and kill us and or rule over us or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Take our resources, which is, you know, 90% of alien movies in Hollywood, right? Yeah. I bought into that fallacy in the introduction, not thinking that there is other options. Another option being that an alien somehow just is on Earth and all it's trying to do is have a territory of its own and live and eat, right? So... You know, it's very uh, barbaric or animalistic in, in, in nature, right? And it doesn't always have a clear pattern of behavior depending on how you understand it. That's the thing with horses too, right? This person is a horse rancher. He understands horses really well, but you can see that that's, that's through years and years of, of training and practice and being with horses. But other people, you know, on set and stuff do not understand what can make a horse take off or not, and, you know, things like that. So having a rabbit, I'm always questioning, are you just being stubborn or are you actually dumb? Like, that's that's the two questions that are always weighing on me because when she doesn't listen, I'm like, Is, do you know what I'm saying and you're choosing not to listen? Or are you just not understanding that your name is Mabel? I'll help you out here. It's a rabbit? Probably the latter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I think I'm okay with it as like this kind of like animal that can be sort of understood as wanting having basic stuff. So it, it desires a territory, it desires food, nutrition, and whatnot. Uh, but in terms of you know uh, what it's going to choose or how it's going to choose and how it behaves can can vary. So. That I'm fine with. I'm fine with the fact that it's a wild animal and it has animal instincts that we can't necessarily fully codify or understand, but like we can get a general vibe for it. Like it probably doesn't like it when you threaten it. Whatever threaten means to it, that's harder to, to know. But the things that get me are like, and they make, they might feel minor, like minor mechanic things. Like, okay, you look it in the eye, slash butthole, slash mouth. <laughs> and it doesn't like that. It probably sees there's some sort of threat. 
and it comes at you. And the first thing I think is, oh, this thing's like a giant saucer in the sky. Like, what does looking it in the eye really mean? Like, is it really noticing me looking it in the eye right now as it's like just hovering over? That seems a little stretchy. But I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe it's just got some other form of senses that we don't understand, so we knows when you've got you've put your attention on it. And I asked, does that apply to cameras? Well, then no, I guess probably not, because it didn't seem to care that they put cameras on it, or did it? <laughs> and then you know the when the, the TMZ guy comes out, he rides out, and then he's staring at it, and it comes over, and uh, OJ looks down, but the TMZ guy's like five feet from OJ, and he it just it's using like a dust whirlwind thing to just suck everything up. But it doesn't suck up OJ. It's like almost like it's specifically excluding him because it's like, oh well, you didn't look at me, so it's fine. A, why does it have such random fine control where we saw earlier, like at the carnival, you can just like suck up massive amounts of things. Why would it ever choose to like be like, oh no, I just want that guy, not that other guy standing there. And also, OJ has looked at it before. Does it not remember OJ and like want to attack it because it's threatened it before? Things like that, you know? Whoa. Uh I think part of the, for me, part of the, uh, what's this, what's it called, unknown answers just lies with the fact that it's an alien, right? That's part of the theme, right? It's this completely foreign object, or in this case, what life entity, right? That you just, you're not going to have all the answers for, and it's complicated. And some of the things kind of bear resemblance to some other animals. So like, you know, the idea of not looking it in the eye comes, I think, from big cats, if you look a big cat in the eye, you're in a sense it might feel like it's being challenged, so it will attack you. Um, this animal, like you know, how, like we can't discern uh, animals that well. Like between the if if it, you take two animals of the same breed, it's kind of hard for us to maybe see the differences between the animals. Yeah. I I think that could be applied to the alien here too as well. Is that it? It's not still that accustomed to this world so it doesn't exactly know what a person is and doesn't know exactly what it can eat or what it cannot eat but it has deciphered in some sense that if it has something called eyes or something that moves they kind of show sentience it knows that it can eat that that makes sense to me the only part i'll push back is that is that it has been over this house in this general area for six plus months yeah so i, I think it would be a stretch to say he hasn't noticed the like one of ten guys that's in this area that's constantly staring up at it. Um, and secondly, my problem is not necessarily that the animal is not behaving in like perfect ways that I can predict. My problem, I think, is that the characters are behaving as though they perfectly understand they, what it's going to do, mm-hmm. or at least are confidently acting as though they perfectly understand what it's going to do, whereas what it's going to do is not clear at all. And they're never punished for that by the narrative. Like, the fact that he goes out there and just looks down beside the guy, he's never punished for that. The fact that he starts staring at it at the end, he's never, by the narrative, punished for, like, making an assumption about this creature that he really has no idea what it does. And that, that's the part that bugs me. Because when the narrative doesn't punish it, then it's kind of saying, oh, he does get the creature. But I'm sitting here thinking, no, you don't get the creature, because I don't get the creature based on the rules you've given me. And this creature is kind of just acting however it wants to act. Um... I don't know. Yeah, you could say that. I, For me, I buy into that character specifically because he is somebody who is not a people person but has lived with horses his entire life. Yeah. I, I kind of buy into the narrative that he's he's able to recognize animal instincts, right? The, the basic instincts of, of a life form. Yeah, that he himself just has an instinct of one yeah, time, perhaps. that an average human being would not be able to understand, right? He's... he's he noticed and you're for, telling me average well the <laughs> civilian right somebody who he's worked on a farm his entire life he he notices sounds he noticed like he noticed that it, it, the way it moves was weird and stuff like that he started noticing something uncharacteristic about the traditional sense of an alien based off of its movement and how it's behaving right yeah. um I think with a different type of character, somebody who's not been around animals all his life or stuff like that, or not been a hunter all his life, would make it a little bit more, uh, the gap for belief a little bit more extreme there to, to reach those assumptions, but yeah. Alright, we can hop off that bangalore. If you have thoughts about that, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> uh, another thing I want to point out was, this movie was like over two hours long. 
I personally did not notice the time go by. I was actually surprised to learn the movie was over two hours long. I was like, oh, I didn't notice the time go by, which is a good thing, generally speaking, when a movie just flies by, you're like, wow, I must have been enjoying it. But what was the plot of this movie? Well, it was a little bit slower at first, right? Yeah. It was more like arc one, arc, yeah, arc one was pretty long in just establishing the characters because yeah. it didn't establish the problem per se for a while. We didn't, we didn't think. We, well, I mean, it established that something weird was going on pretty quickly. We just didn't know exactly what it was. Uh, well, let's see. The the alien probably showed up, didn't show up for the first 15 minutes. Oh, wait. But his dad did get rained on by right. coins and weird stuff, and that killed him. And that yeah. is strange. I guess. But then they said, I don't know if that counts as the problem for the movie. Well, because they, they, said, they said, they gave an explanation of the plane yeah, dropping yeah, stuff, but like, we're watching the movie, so we can probably assume that that is not the real reason. Right. Yeah, but... I feel like we were still in arc one for a while. They're just introducing characters, introducing what the the movie's going to be about. Yeah. Because um, they spend quite a bit on the, the relationship between the brother and the sister, right? Yeah, so they established relationships, and then the movie is just like a lot of tri-fail cycles of trying to get a picture of this thing, right? Yeah. It, which is kind of why, because I don't think there was a lot of character development. Like, these characters are pretty static. It wasn't like... Oh, OJ or whatever had to grow as a person. It was like, no, they're trying to take a picture of this thing, and these are the people who are trying to do it. So I guess I'm really curious as to like how this movie could have possibly lasted two hours of just like we try to take a picture, we failed. We try to take a picture, we failed, and I didn't notice two hours going by because that seems like that shouldn't take that long, or like I would get bored, but somehow I did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I got a little bored right before Ricky's sons and daughters tried. Did the the alien prank? Oh, at like, the beginning, right around there, I was getting a You're bit like, okay, tired. When is like when is this movie actually gonna yeah. get started? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the end, the beginning too much. Uh, that honestly, I thought I was like both excited and disappointed, and then excited again because I thought, oh, this is gonna be the alien, and it kind of stood up and it was very creepy. Very like something, I was like, oh, they did the little head nod thing. And I was yeah. like, oh my god, this is gonna be very crazy. And then I saw a close up of it, and I was like. Eh, that's just like a regular alien though. I was, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, I, was, I guess this is what we're doing. And then it turned out to be kids and I was like, okay. So the alien's going to be something truly weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Which, speaking of which, the alien was very weird. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a fairly groundbreaking idea of what an alien is. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, I'm, what it could be. Yeah, I, I don't like follow alien stuff too much. I don't know if there's like, this is like pulling from something. But yeah, it, it looked like a, just a normal flying saucer. Oh, you know, with a giant eye, mouth, butthole. Um, but yeah, it just sort of unfurled. And I was sort of doing that a little bit over the movie. Like, there were times where, like, its kind of texture would change. And I would notice it, and I'd be like, okay, I guess it can do more. And of course, we got close-ups of, like, inside of it, and that was weird. But then it just unfurled, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at right now. Like, what like, am I looking at? It kind of looked like there was a hot air balloon around, like, a camera. <laughs> That's kind of what I was looking at. <laughs> Yeah. Like so, I was like, where does this digest anything? Like, where does anything happen on this creature? <laughs> yeah. It was interesting to see all the hints that Jordan Peele gave that the the, the saucer was actually alive. Um, like, the sound it emitted, like, it, it sounded more like an aquatic mammal, like a, like a, I don't know, a, a whale of some sort, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then it was super quiet and moved kind of around and whatnot, and then when the Ricky and, and his crew and his, the people that were at, at his de demonstration all got sucked up, it did feel very claustrophobic and like, oh, this looks like, you know, an intestine or something, right? Which is interesting because I feel like the movie in many ways is draws from uh, Jaws. Yeah, that like unseen threat kind of thing. The unseen threat, yeah, because for a while you don't see the full saucer ever, and which is a really good choice not to show the entire entity until the very end. Yeah. Um, also, um, that idea of the adventure of like a, a small tag crew getting together to trying to beat this one animal, right? Yeah. In in Jaws, it's these three guys, right? The police officer, the old fisherman, and the scientist. And here you have, you know, the, the director, who's the expert in this case, and substitute him for the fisherman. And you have your brother and sister, and then the tech guy, which represents the scientists. You kind of have that team again. And they even have, like, more adventurous music in times rather than the more 
notable dark themed music found in, in today's day for movies. Um, so it just, there's a lot of reminiscent pieces of, of like, oh, this is like a, that, that kind of Jaws feeling, except on land. You know what it is? I would say that it started off as a horror movie, like horror thriller, when we didn't know what was happening, like in that Jaws movie, like, what is this creature? Why is stuff raining from the sky? Why are these horses coming out? Like, what's going on? And then once we knew it was like an alien, like, even when we were seeing it slipping between clouds and it was still like unknown, I think it almost became an action adventure movie. Mm. With a little bit of like, yeah, just an action adventure movie with like a villain. Right. Because like, I think I definitely stopped feeling horror like halfway through the movie and was just like, oh, we're doing a thing, you know, an adventure. Right. Yeah, the last part I think was when they he ate everybody in, in the dark in the night when it was raining all the blood came down onto the house i think that was the after that it was like not really scary yeah and even that maybe it's just me that wasn't like a horror movie scene it was scary in a way that like a thing is scary if it's trying to kill you a hundred humans blood raining down onto a house in the dark was not scary to you it, no not that it wasn't scary it wasn't like you know that kind of dread. That's that's like in the beginning it's like dread. I don't know what this is, what it's doing. I don't know anything. Something's happening and I don't right. know what's happening. And then by the time I know what it is, it's like, oh, it killed those people and it's shitting on me. Like, you know, that's crazy and all, but like right. there's a threat there that presumably can be harmed. Like I'm now in like, you know, almost Marvel DC like action adventure mode. Interesting. <laughs> we have different thresholds for what is <laughs> I wish I had a higher threshold. Um, I will say the most disappointing part of this movie, I mentioned it before, I'll mention it again, not enough nopes. <laughs> I think it was said like three times. I expected it to be said like, you know, like every 10 minutes, I wanted someone to drop a good nope and I'm just saying Jordan Peele dropped the ball. Right. <laughs> um, okay, what did you think about the alien tur- turning into a giant jellyfish or water oh, balloon? Or- whatever it was. Uh, I thought that it was, I thought the visuals of it were interesting. So I liked that it was not something I'd really ever seen before. And I was like, that's an interesting visual. I can't, sp- if the idea was to invoke horror, then I think it failed at doing that, at least for me. But I don't know what Jordan Peele was going for when they chose to do that. So I don't know what they were trying to invoke. If it was to invoke, wow, this is a strange creature. Then it certainly achieved that. Cause I was like, wow, this is a strange creature. Um, yeah, I, I I think, yeah, I don't think it was trying to be horror at that point anymore. Like you said, towards the end, it was less less horror, more action-adventure. Mm-hmm. I, I feel twofold. I feel like, one, there is that aspect of mis- mystery still a little bit to the, the alien. Even though you've seen the full thing, there's, like, you don't... You don't understand, like, yeah. how or why this thing. Yeah, right? Uh, and the second thing, I think it was trying to invoke a sense of beauty in the in the mm. alien. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, any reasonable person should have killed that alien. But I feel like there's that sense almost of like, it's this living being that we never got to understand. There is some beauty to it that could be, you know, could have could have been explored. Something about it that could have been explored. But, you know, it's trying to kill you, so you're trying to kill it it's on your land like there this is the this is what is happening there's no going back from this but yeah. you see something that there's there is more to be understood about this this creature and you do sort of get at least i did sort of get the sense that it was also starting to try to understand the people because mm-hmm. at this point it interacted with oj a couple of times and right now he's staring straight at its camera lens <laughs> <laughs> and like it's looking at him he's looking at it and it's not like immediately attacking it's just sort of because before it just like swoops up from the clouds and just does a little this little tornado but now it's like getting close right. and like just watching and like almost like it's trying to figure out what's going on so right. um, you almost get the sense that like maybe they were like befriending or taming this creature or something i don't know they, they probably weren't because it was probably just going to eat them in the end but like they they were getting through to it on some level yeah there was there was some personal connection with it yeah, yeah. that's interesting I will say, I was very confused by this another like Raph's nitpick section by its set of abilities. I was like, these are some real specific abilities that the EMP thing. I was like, how fortunate that you just shoot out an EMP wave every time. That's really great, really great for you. I don't know why you have these powers, but 
I'm just going to assume, you know, electricity is not a thing that's specific to Earth. Whatever. Maybe the ability to, like, just shut off all electric stuff was useful for you in your planet. Sure. <laughs> Why do you have the ability to mask yourself, like, as a cloud? Are you controlling the cloud? Are you making an illusion of yourself as a cloud? I don't understand the cloud thing, and it never comes up again. <laughs> Right. Because if it could make itself an illusion, like a cloud, then it wouldn't need to be like jumping between clouds, hiding. It would just like make an illusion of the sky or something like that and just move around freely. No one ever noticed it. If it was controlling the cloud, same thing. It would just like control some clouds and move in a way so that it didn't get spotted. But it doesn't do any of these things. So I'm left wondering, what's your cloud power? <laughs> wow, you're really thinking hard about this. Yes, I was thinking about the entire because I was trying to figure it out the entire time. Once this kind of puzzle is presented to me, I'm like, there's a weird creature here. I want to be like, okay, what are the hints? What are the things I can know about what it does? And then I see things and I'm like, okay, that's important, that's important, that's important. And I'm like, these things were never used. Like, what, what's actually happening here? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a big deal because I'm like, weird, mysterious alien, like, whatever. Uh, it can do whatever it wants. Yes. The part that did get me was I was, def I was so sure at the beginning that it had some animal controlling power. And the movie kind of leaned into it, because it started with the weird monkey, which I'm going to get to the weird monkey, killing uh, those actors, and I thought, oh, that's some sort of foreshadowing for the show, which it was, but it wasn't, it was more a thematic foreshadowing than an event foreshadowing. Um, and then, you know, the horses start acting weird, and like coming out where they shouldn't be out and doing stuff, and I guess the movie just turns out like sometimes horses get out, there's nothing crazy about that, and then there's a predator, so they get skittish. But... It, I don't know, I felt like the movie was painted in a more supernatural light, like something was happening to these creatures. And then they tried to take a, a video of it, and some of the cameras go out, and one of the other cameras is like a friggin' praying mantis that comes and covers it up. And I'm like, what are the odds? Like, this thing has some sort of power, right? To like, sort of manipulate creatures, but then it didn't. It didn't have any of that. This was all just random coincidence. And I was like, ah. I don't know how I feel about that, so. Because right. maybe I was just overthinking it and like trying to look. Clearly, I was just linking things that were not linked, but I felt like the movie was like giving me breadcrumbs to lead me down a false trail, and I'm a little bit upset about it. <laughs> well, that is fair. I feel like you have a very interesting theory. So, the fact that it, you actually found all these clues throughout the movie that amount to nothing, I mean, it's, it's every critic's worst nightmare, right? <laughs> Watching a movie they think they like, and they find all the keys and clues, and not that it was like it turns out to be something else. It's just no it, that it was that, it was not. A, there, those clues were. It, <laughs> it reminds me of it's gonna be the random, most random tangent. The first time I did an escape room, and we we were trying to solve a puzzle, and we had some previous clues we gathered, but there was a bookshelf and some books on it, and we knew that one of the clues was on the books, and the books were arranged in a particular order. If you read the spine. Or some, something along those lines, like if you read the spine, the like, title of the books, or something like that, spelled something out. But like it was like you looked at it and you were like, oh, this is obviously related to my clue because, like, look at it, it says this. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, just imagine the books were like dictionary books or whatever, and like it just had letters on them that spelled something out that was relevant to what we're working on. So we spent the next 45 minutes or however long those things last trying to connect this thing, and we could just never figure out what that clue was. And when they came in, we'd gone so far and everything else, we just needed the last piece to come from this thing to build everything, uh, lick everything back up. And they came in and they were like, oh, you just had to do this. And like, the clue was actually just this other thing, unrelated to these books. And we're like, what about the books? And they're like, oh, that's weird. Like, there's nothing there. We just like reorganize the books all the time in a random order. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys pay attention to how you're putting things? Because if you put us in a place where we're looking for clues and something randomly happens to look very much like a clue, we're probably going to fixate on it. <laughs> that is the worst. I, that is the best analogy for what you went through in this movie. But no, I can speak to the thematic application of the monkey now if you want. Go for it. So, yes. Um, it left... Us a little wondering, oh, the monkey has nothing to do plot-wise with the alien, right? But this actually speaks to the very beginning of, of our discussion where you're talking about, you know, I don't understand this alien or its behavior seems inconsistent. Part of the, the, the monkey was, was that it's not tameable, mm -hmm. right? The idea that 
oh, there's this monkey that they have on a TV show and they have it, you know, they have experts working on it and it behaves in a certain way to make jokes and whatnot. And one day it just straight up slaughters, you know, the cast, yeah. right? And to this day, we don't know why. We don't know why it did it. We don't know why it's, it didn't do that for the, for Ricky. It didn't kill Ricky. Um, like, in fact, they tried to give him a fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, tried to give him a fist bump and it should, seemed like it showed some sense of remorse at the end. It's very unclear. But that's the point. Animals, right, we can control them and tame them to a certain extent, but you never completely know what's inside of that animal's head. And um, the same, that kind of feeds into Ricky's downfall, where Ricky's always trying to tame that animal he wants control over this alien he's trying to treat it like its pet come out for for lunch i'm going to send you a horse and i'm going to make some money off of you right like a dog trick yeah but it doesn't work this time you know, it breaks one day the same thing it's the monkey it's the monkey literally killing him this time right um i think that's the point of it right the difference between ricky and like the main character yeah i mean like there's thematic resonance to it and I don't think I've seen something like that before. If I have, I don't recall it. Where, like, there's almost like an A-plot and a B-plot, but they're not related. It's almost like how you do a TV show where it's like an A-plot and B-plot. But, like, in the movie, usually everything is more tightly woven. Especially in a movie like this, where it's not, like... You know, if I'm watching Lord of the Rings or some, like, epic fantasy or whatever, I can deal with, like, just, like, sprawling threads of plots that don't necessarily all resolve because you're trying to paint a scope of a large world, yada, 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 but it's a very contained story. It's like I expected everything to be tightly woven, but for the most part, they're actually kind of unrelated. Other than the fact that he sells horses to this guy, they're kind of unrelated plots. It's like this guy has a, uh, has a trauma about animals, and he also happens to be in the same area that this alien is in, and he happens to buy horses from this other guy who's yeah. having a whole other thing about taking a picture of it, so... Ah, it was interesting. I mean, I'm very... I'd watch a whole movie about that monkey. <laughs> right, right. Because I was like, I am very curious about like, what the hell happened. Like, what did they say? What took this monkey off? Because, like, you're trying to figure out, like, you know, did they feel threatened and then it attacked? Or was it... Because they said it, it wasn't always the same monkey. It was, like, a different set of monkeys, right? So, like, maybe this particular monkey had, like, been abused or maybe it was just having a bad day <laughs> and then they, like, took a picture of it away or whatever and it just, like, flipped out. It's like, I don't know. And I, I want to know more about this monkey. Right. I kind of care more about this monkey than everything else that's happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately for you, that the point of the story is that you can't, you can't know exactly what inside. Freaking themes, Inside right? their the devices. Worst. <laughs> right. Yeah. What else is this movie about? What else happened? Oh, I will say I liked the. Uh, in terms of like tight weaving things. It, it's a very minor thing, but I like the fact that like she walks into the carnival and like she stumbled over this like little picture thing mm. and then by the end like she came back to it. It was just a very nice I don't know, it's like when things come back around and very nice to say, like, Oh yes, there was a writer here doing things intentionally. Everything mattered <laughs> You know the I don't know do you know uh Mickey's Playhouse? No, it's a t TV show for children where mm, Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse's Clubhouse. You mean? Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. I guess I'm familiar with yeah. that. <laughs> I I don't know, but I I'm pretty sure there's like in every episode or something. There's a point where there's a tool that's introduced, and he's like goes aside to the camera and is like, "This is gonna come in handy later, <laughs> right?" Yeah. There's there's three tools. They'll tell you what the first tools are, and then there's a mystery tool. So they don't know what the tool is. But each of these tools is going to be kept. So you look at the problem, you're like, can I solve it with a hammer? No. Can I solve it with a screwdriver? No. Well, there must be the mystery tool. <laughs> I've seen way too many episodes of Mickey Mouse oh because I have nieces and nephews. Yeah, so at least I didn't think that. The worst is a movie that's trying to make something interwoven for later, <laughs> but you know ahead. I actually sometimes do like picture Mickey saying that because like a movie is like just tries to introduce something 
and it's like so obvious that it's going to be something for later mm -hmm. that it's like I'm already thinking Mickey Playhouse like this is this is the light level of script you're giving me yeah. like you might as well just put Mickey Mouse on the screen <laughs> so was that something you had seen and thought this is going to come back later not for this movie which is the good thing oh. but like there are other movies that try to interweave right the beginning stuff with it uh, for something later and they do it like very ham-fistedly yeah. so like I, honestly like thinking about it in hindsight I'm not a writer, screenplay, producer, whatever, but like the little I know about this stuff makes it so that if I was really truly paying attention to every frame, this would probably be something I would notice. But just like that's not how I consume movies at all, so it never comes up. But like the fact that she walked into the carnival and they're, they're definitely scene setting, it's a carnival and there's weird stuff. But like of all the things there, this is the only thing she stumbles across. And then she interacts with it for like 30 seconds. That's a lot of screen time. And that should probably tell us. This is probably going to come out. They want to like be like, hey, this thing, remember it. Not just like all the little things that are like walking by in the last like half a second. It's like this thing we actually spent time on, and that probably in screenwriters probably it probably means keep an eye on that and might come back. But also like you know it's a writer, so like he might never come back. <laughs> Three things though for that. <laughs> One, what really helps conceal the true intention of an item is having it multi-purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So. For me, like you said, for me that was scene setting. Oh, I'm just getting to know a little bit about Ricky's little place, right? Two, it felt like it was introducing a little bit more about her character. Like she was just went in with a little, like not re not really with regard to what was actually going on, which came off a little bit as rude to the people who were using it. Yeah. Felt like oh, I'm learning a little bit more about her. So those things, like I felt like oh, I've gotten what I need from that scene. I don't feel a need to then prescribe oh, this is going to be a plot item or a plot device later, right? Because I've already taken things from that scene. Yeah. Um, I was going to say a third item, but I've already forgotten what that is. So back to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the best scenes are the scenes that are doing multiple things, right? right? Character building, world building, scene setting, dialogue, or, you know, if you can do it all in one sweet scene, it's like freaking hats off to you. You, you solve filmmaking. Right. <laughs> Did you feel strongly about any of the characters? Is the characters you liked or didn't like, or are they all just like good characters that you enjoyed following for the movie? Yeah, I, I feel like I don't have any highlights for characters. I think at least all the characters were written consistently, and characters that maybe would come off as more annoying in a, if they were handled by other people did not come off really annoying <laughs> here. Like, the IT guy was good. He didn't feel overly IT, like, you know, like, a, this is his identity. He is the IT guy. Yeah, he wasn't like hacking, hacking stuff and sitting in a basement somewhere or something. No, he was actively involved in the plot and had his... He was scared and, and stuff. And he felt like a fully fleshed character. Yeah, the, like there's stuff about him that is just not relevant to this movie. You can imagine yeah. it's there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the girl... What's her name? Emerald. Emerald. She felt the like could be easily the most annoying character. Mm -hmm. But she didn't actually feel annoying when I was watching her. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, they all felt good. Uh, yeah. Like, the, he felt, you know, he grew up with horses, this is his thing. I felt like there was almost, like, even, like, a tension between him and his dad in very few scenes, like, yeah. probably, you know, their relationship is not that great, but the family business is what holds them together. And, like, this is, like you can imagine this whole backstory here of, like, you know, maybe the dad was a bit, like, single-minded, the sister left to go do her own thing, she's always been the wild one, he's always been the, you know, the good son or whatever, and now she's kind of back, like, they can just... Like the movie sort of paints some of this, but like always, a lot of it is just like the history there is implying this kind of just like, yeah. ooh. Um, so I think a good job with that. And uh, uh, actually, I'll say the director guy was the most random to me because I was like, I don't think we needed him to take a picture of that thing because all he really brought to the show was, hey, I just brought a camera that doesn't require electricity. I was like, I feel like the rest of us could have figured this out. Uh, so I wasn't too sure why did we bother him in, and also like it's not like he took some amazing shot that we saw in the movie or something. He just sort of went off the deep end and then got swallowed by it. So his whole thing was, I would say he's the most irrelevant character. Like I don't know why he was there. I don't think he really brought anything towards it. But right. uh, that's either him or there, I guess. Well, he's the one who brought others back in. The, the IT and Angela, Angel and Angela. Angel and Emerald. Angel and Emerald, right? They they didn't want to go back to the house, but introducing him got them back into it because they felt more confident or or safe with 
with a guy who ex- has expertise in this. Yeah, but I feel like we had this argument before on Arcane. It's like, yes, his character did something in a movie, but I, I, so, I can just so easily imagine you writing him out and accomplishing all of that, those same beats without the character. Like, you can accomplish the same beats without the character. And the character, really? to me, did not bring anything himself other than what he served for the plot. So I was like, I don't think this character was necessary. Mm. Anyway. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to this to this director character. Okay. Alright, so... he Plot-wise, you could maybe substitute him to, to reinvigorate the team, but... He was used to reinvigorate the team, yeah? Yeah. He did bring the camera uh, and kind of did seem as the expertise guys, although you didn't actually need him to use the camera because anybody can probably hold the camera. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a third item that he brings, which what I went back to with the alien being this full-blown jellyfish was that it, the beauty. He recognized the beauty of the alien. It's not a huge theme that's covered, but there's this idea, lingering idea of like this animal being alive and being a little bit mysterious and not necessarily being an evil creature, right? And I think the the old man most represents that that perception of like this is a beautiful being, which is the whole dumb reason why he said we can't do the impossible and wants to. I I read that more as the impossible shot rather than like the creature. I mean, those are intrinsically tied, I guess, but. I don't know that without him we don't get the beauty. I think that when it unfolds at the end and they're staring at OJ and all that stuff, like, did you get, this is a beautiful creature. So I think, I mean, maybe he just reiterates the point, but I don't think he, like, brings it where the movie didn't have it. It supplements it, I yeah. think. And I, for a human being to kind of have that perception does help, I think. Because, like, he was, he kept going back to the, the movie, like, he kept watching old footage of animals, old right? And, stuff like yeah. That, yeah. and he clearly is obsessed with it somehow. He is obsessed maybe with animal behavior or animal movement or it's something. Wild. Right. And whereas like the, the main character understands the animals, he he's has some sort of appreciation mm-hmm. visually for animals. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, I, I can buy that. It's not like a primary thing, more more supplementation, just you can write them off if you want, but strengthens certain themes. I feel like someone in that cast or in the crew should have had a weapon to attack that monkey with. Because <laughs> the monkey went on a rampage and it felt like there were only four people there, the four people, the actors, and it was just killing everyone else. And I was like, this is a set. Surely, like, the amount of times we've heard someone got accidentally shot on set, like, okay, this is a sitcom. I'm, I'm sure there wasn't a gun there, but like, a knife a crowbar, like, just pick up the lighting instrument and hit it with it, like, someone attack this thing with <laughs> something other than your bare hands. Right. <laughs> right. Or say, bad monkey, bad monkey. Down, monkey, down. <laughs> but I think that's it. Oh, the alien is Jean Jacket. We've been failing to call it Jean Jacket this entire mm-hmm. time. Um, and Lucky is the best character. Agreed? <laughs> Very obedient. <laughs> Except when it doesn't want to be. Except no. when you tell him, go on and leave food for the alien. And Lucky's like, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> Alright, what are your highlights for this movie? Uh, yeah, I feel like the highlights is the unraveling of the, of the alien. The questioning of what an alien can really be. I feel like, wow, you have opened my eyes. I have been wanting to see something that that basically questions the idea of how we perceive aliens, right? It, it can be something completely different than what we've ever seen before yeah. and something that we just can't really comprehend, right? I feel like it kind of brought that. There's another movie called Annihilation, which kind of did it too. Um, Arrival, sort of, just similar thing. Yeah, Arrival too, right? So I like Arrival in this one. Well, I mean, Arrival, they were more intelligent, but I get the idea. Similar in terms of like, the way we're interacting with it. Yeah, like, the Arrival has this whole concept of, like, right, that we can't understand, they have no concept of, what, time or something. Yeah. So their language is infinite somehow, which is, like, mind-boggling. Like, these are these are interesting concepts that I like dealing with in terms of aliens. They're yeah. not the, 
it's uh, something that's going to probe something up your butt, you know. Which has always just been a strange thing, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah this one sort of brought it down to earth, where it's like, this is just a predator. Like, you can just imagine just, like, these sorts of creatures just roam. Yeah. And, galaxies and stuff and like this one just showed up here saw a food source and just like probably settled down for a couple hundred years and would have moved on eventually kind of thing <laughs> right right uh, my highlight is the monkey uh like i said i want an entire show about this monkey <laughs> uh but also like uh, Corny, huh? as much as i like it, it confused me at first because i was like how is this all went to the plot it does really probably emphasize the theme more than anything else the movie does like it, it really brings it home, like, what they're talking about, and I found it probably to be the most horrifying thing the movie had to offer. Yeah. Like, watching that thing go on a rampage, and the kid just, like, watching it, you're just like, wow, that is, that is a thing that can happen, this thing that has probably happened, like, that's a creature just lost control, and I was killing everyone, and yeah. you have no idea why or how to stop it, and then it stops, and it's, like, trying to fist bump you, and you're like, I don't know what's happening, and this is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good highlight, I agree. Alright, now on to our sponsor segment. Um, this episode is brought to you by Hot Air Balloons. They're great for a party, if you've got kids, great if you've got, you know, you know, even adults, you know, we have parades, you know, you want floats, if you've got a wild alien in your backyard, the hot air balloon can solve all of these problems. Yes. Get fun, your hot air balloons today. Fun fact, hot hot air balloons are actually more safe than walking. Yeah. So um, you know, don't feel afraid. Uh, if you please don't associate hot air balloons with the alien or being eaten by aliens. Um, it's a completely safe and and fun device. Yeah, this episode was also brought to you by PETA, but we're ignoring them, so nothing's changed. <laughs> Ouch. Recommendation section, or the what do you watch? The section that is yet unnamed, in which we talk about other things that we're currently experiencing in the media world. Sure, you go first, Raph. I just finished watching season three of The Boys, and I think you should watch that show. I just convinced my brother to watch it, and he's been enjoying it so far. He'll let me know if he still likes it when he gets catches up. I think you should watch The Boys. Everyone's always trying to tell me to watch The Boys. But I am something there, Sam. I I am a, I got a little more interested with Jensen Ankles playing Soldier Boy. Oh, who's that? I mean, I know who it is, but like, what's that? What else is he in? He's from Supernatural. Ah, uh, yes, that's what I recognize from <clears throat> Dean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I watching? I'm watching a few things, but I think the one I'd like to highlight is Gravity Falls. Ooh, that's a good show. I I've watched it before. I'm rewatching it. It is hilarious. Another good, good mystery thing. Speaking of, like, Nope, Gravity Falls has pretty good mysteries with it that are unraveled in interesting ways, for sure. Yeah. And they do a very good balance, from what, from what I recall, of, like, having it be episodic so it can play on Cartoon Network. And you can just drop in and watch an episode and not really care about the larger plot and also have a larger plot that's constantly building. Yeah. Very good TV. Well, anything else? No, no, nothing. This has been a fun time, folks. We thank you for listening to us. You're, you are our uh, true patrons. <laughs> we don't have a patron. <laughs> no, but you are our patrons still. Yes. You support us by making those numbers counts. go up. Yeah. And in fact, you are more supportive than uh, people who watch other movies because, you know, other podcasts get more viewings, so each person is less contributive. Yeah. So each view we get by you is actually a bigger contribution. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. A lot of podcasts release on a regular basis. We, we release whenever we want. <laughs> oh yeah. We can't be controlled. What? What? No, that's not for that. 